0: Welcome back to In The Bonus. I'm your host, Johnny Peterson, talking all things NBA news, stories, and highlights. What's going on, guys? Uh, If you can't tell, I have lost my voice. Uh, It's going to crack every now and then throughout the episode. I lost it at the TCU football game yesterday, but I'm still committed to doing the podcast. And speaking of the podcast, if you could guys do me a favor, please leave a five-star review on iTunes, subscribe, follow me on SoundCloud. Uh, retweet the podcast. I really appreciate it. Alright guys, so the first week of the NBA season is in the books and it was a pretty big week. A lot of great things happening. I just wanted to give my thoughts on what went down this first week and we'll start off with uh, opening night, Boston versus Philly. The top two teams in the East battling it out in game one of the NBA season, trying to see who is going to inevitably take on the Golden State Warriors. And it looks like beyond Toronto, it'll be between Boston and Philly. And Boston won that game pretty handily, even with Kyrie going 0 for 8 in the first half. It just shows that Boston is just so, so incredibly deep. Their bench is uh, far better than Philly's bench. Uh, The starters flat outplayed. Uh, Philly starters Philly is almost there Markel Fultz is looking good he's coming back from that shoulder injury Uh, his jump shot is looking a lot better a lot more smooth and a lot more comfortable for him it'll continue to improve uh, as the season progresses and as he stays in the gym and continues to work all in all from just from the east Boston is again too deep too deep of a team for most of the teams in the east to compete I think just ba- I know it's the first week and you can't really make projections after just game one or game two of the season and after just the first week, but it looks like Boston is the clear front runner. Uh, they did beat New York. New York took them to uh, just the end of the game last night and Boston was able to win thanks to Jason Tatum's ability in the clutch and in the fourth quarter. That's all I really have for Boston. I'm really impressed with Gordon Hayward's return. He looked really good. That ankle looks really strong. They did sit him out game two just to rest a little bit. And again, Boston can afford to do that. Boston has the ability to rest a lot of their stars just because they are so deep. They have they, they can afford to have Kyrie go 0 for 8 in the first half. Normally, if Kyrie's in Cleveland and Kyrie scores zero points in the first half, Cleveland's going to get blown out. But now in Boston, with Boston being so deep, they have the ability to allow guys like Kyrie to have an off night every now and again. We we could we didn't see that in Cleveland. LeBron couldn't couldn't handle that in Cleveland with Kyrie out, and then with LeBron gone, Kyrie wouldn't be able to go over eight in the first half. But now with a team like Boston that is so deep and so talented, with guys like Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Marcus Morris, Aaron Baines, Al Horford, he can afford to have an off night. I I don't think that we'll see we'll continue to see. Poor performances from Kyrie Irving because he, he is the face of this team. He is the face of this franchise. Uh, I'm excited for Boston moving forward. All right, let's hop over into the West Coast, Western Conference. Golden State, Game 1. People were saying that Golden State looked slow. Again, it is it is the first week of the season. Uh, there's going to be uh, some rust there with a lot of the teams as they, we kind of brush off the cobwebs and get into the flow of a full NBA season. I didn't see that with Golden State. I think that they picked up right where they left off. They looked really good. They looked really strong. Steph, obviously, at 32 points in his opening night. Not too much has changed with Golden State other than DeMarcus Cousins. They still are, by leaps and bounds, the best team in the Western Conference. But let's look at some other teams that may just be flying under the radar. New Orleans. New Orleans versus Houston. Houston. That was an incredible game for New Orleans. Alfred Payton has a triple-double. They get him out of Orlando, out of a, a crappy Eastern Conference team, and they put him in the West where he can contend. And Jeff Jeff Van Gundy was was calling the game, and he he said he's excited to see a player like Alfred Payton on a good team and to see if he's actually good and, and can he handle being in the NBA. And he played really well. He had a triple-double. He had a 10-10-10 night. And I was really impressed with Alfred Payton. I think that he is going to be the perfect pickup Uh, when you lose a guy like Rajon Rondo. You bring in an Alfred Payton, and New Orleans doesn't really miss a beat. They look a lot stronger without DeMarcus Cousins. Anthony Davis looks like he's ready for an MVP caliber season. I'm really excited to watch New Orleans. On the other hand... It was really disappointing for Houston. Houston's defense really showed. The, the loss of Trevor Ariza, the loss of Luke Mbamute really showed. They gave up over 140 points to the New Orleans Pelicans, a team that is not necessarily in contention to even make the Western Conference Finals. and And Houston is being hailed as really the only team that can stand with Golden State. And it was embarrassing. It was really embarrassing to watch Houston give up bucket after bucket after bucket to a team like New Orleans, who isn't really, again, on the same level that Houston should be. It really showed that Houston's lacking in defense. Houston brings in guys like Michael Carter-Williams. Michael Carter-Williams had a decent night, but still, he's not the caliber player that Trevor Ariza was. He's not the caliber player that Luka Baamute was. And then we we got to see the long-awaited debut of Carmelo Anthony. I know this podcast, you could categorize this podcast as 50% me shitting on Melo, and that's fair to say. I have spent a lot of time criticizing Melo, but when I sat down and watched the game, I took off my critics' hat and I, and I just tried to watch objectively and see what Melo could bring to the table, and it wasn't a lot. He can't hit open threes. He can't guard on the perimeter. All Mello really has to offer at this stage in his career is the ability to make mid-range jumpers. And in an NBA that has increasingly become three-pointers, 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 a run-and-gun, getting up and down the floor, getting hard defensive stops and putting up a ton of points, Mello has not shown that he can fit into this category through his first two games. And even in the game last night against against the Lakers, He did not produce. He was, it was kind of like he wasn't even there. I barely even noticed he was on the floor. He has not contributed really anything so far. And again, this is just speculation. And it it is the only the first week of the season. This is a long NBA season. There's 82 games. And especially with the league being as popular as it is now with the amount of social media coverage all every single day from now until June, is going to be overinflated. It's going to be overhyped. People are going to speculate and look way too deep into this. And again, you have to take into consideration that it is an 82 game season. But at the same time, you have to look at the fact that Houston is being hailed as the only contender to Golden State in the West, and their defense is absolutely garbage. And speaking of the Rockets, I think we really need to talk about what happened last night with. The Lakers and the Rockets. If you're watching the game last night, it was a competitive game. Both teams were playing very hard. LeBron played really well in his first game as a Laker. Before I get into what happened during the game, I have to say, Staples Center, fire that announcer. He sounded so uninterested. It was it honestly, it pissed me off. It made me really mad. You got a player like LeBron James who is going going to go down as one of the best players to ever play, and your introduction sounds like and at 68 250 pounds is LeBron James. It was disgusting. How it, it was it was so disrespectful to a player of LeBron's caliber to introduce him like that, especially in his first game at, uh, on the Lakers. Cleveland's intros, whenever they introduced LeBron James, it was the most hype thing I have ever seen. They went crazy for LeBron. And so far the Lakers have been pretty disrespectful. In person to LeBron James, and and it really showed with the announcer. Staples Center, fire that guy. Get somebody who actually cares about basketball. Get somebody who actually cares about the fact that LeBron James is even here, and and allow him to announce the games. Because when you set the tone like that from the beginning, it it just—it was so lackadaisical and just so blah, and I just—I hated it. Okay, back to the actual drama that happened. It, It wouldn't be the NBA without a little bit of drama. So there's about four minutes left in the fourth quarter. Pretty close game. James Harden's on a fast break, and he's driving down the lane, and he does a little bit of a push-off on Brandon Ingram. It didn't really look like much, but for some reason, Brandon Ingram overreacts, and that is when shit hit the fan. It was so bad. Brandon Ingram gets very upset about the foul call that he gets. He walks right up to James Harden, shoves him as hard as he can, Players break it up. The camera pans off, and then out of nowhere, people just start going crazy, rushing the floor. And we cut back to see what happened. Rondo gets up to the ref, and he starts talking. And then Chris Paul starts talking. And then Chris Paul seems to stick his finger uh, in Rondo's face and pokes him in the eye. And Rondo just does not have—he doesn't have any of that. Catches Chris Paul with this meanest left hook I've ever seen. Just absolutely clocks him punches are being thrown everyone's rushing the court it was it was terrible it was horrible to see you never want to see fights in the nba normally when we when we see quote-unquote fights in nba games it's mostly people just getting in each other's face and talking big talk like they like they're gonna do something last night something actually happened punches were thrown uh people were connecting brandon ingram came in out of nowhere and tried to punch chris paul uh in the back of the head there's going to be a lot of suspensions. It's going to be bad. People are going to be fined. Brandon Ingram was ejected from the game. Rondo was ejected from the game. And Chris Paul was ejected from the game. And there were still four minutes left. You lose two of your best guys in L.A. And you're losing. And you still have four minutes left to play. It was really tough for the Lakers to try and come back from that. And they weren't able to. The Lakers fall to 0-2. This experiment that's going on in L.A., it it's it's tough. And we see this a lot with LeBron's career. Anytime that LeBron comes to a new team or the team, like when we saw in Cleveland when they made that huge trade in January of last year, his teams tend to struggle with chemistry and they and it seems to be overblown just because it's LeBron. So I think Luke Walton really needs to take control of this team. They, got, they need to calm down and just say, okay, we're 0-2. We need to accept this fact and we need to get back on the horse and figure out what five is going to be out there that are going to win and and I in my opinion I don't see Rondo starting I don't think that the the successful combination of players being out there include Rondo being in the starting lineup I think Lonzo needs to start he Lonzo played horribly against Portland in game one he played really well against the Rockets last night but if Lonzo is going to be successful in L.A., he needs to have the ball. He needs to start. He needs to be playing significant minutes. And I think Rondo balances out the second unit better anyways. Rondo definitely is a better player than Lonzo, but I, I think that Lonzo fits better in the starting lineup. Uh, Josh Hart needs to start. Kyle Kuzma needs to start. And I know a, a few episodes ago I was, I was hating and ripping on Josh Hart, but when it comes down to it, this Laker team cannot shoot they cannot shoot and Josh Hart is a shooter so the, that fact alone is going to keep Josh Hart on the floor and he played really well he's played really well in his first two games in portland uh, his first two games for the lakers against portland and against houston i'm really excited for Josh Hart i take back everything i said about him Josh Hart you won me over i'm a big fan of you now okay that's enough about la let's talk about some other teams that may not have uh, gotten enough media coverage i think uh, let's talk about the Suns. So I watched the Suns play in their home o- or in their opener against Dallas, and da- We'll get to Dallas in a little bit. But Dallas looks nice. Let's talk about Phoenix. Phoenix looks like a totally new team. You get Trevor Ariza in there. Trevor Ariza played really well. He's definitely worth that one year, fifteen million dollars that he's getting from Phoenix. He brings a veteran presence. Now you bring in Jamal Crawford. Jamal hasn't even suited up yet, and he's already helping out the young guys, teaching them. Uh, things that you need to understand about being in the NBA, poise, presence. And he just brings that to the table for Phoenix. And I think it's going to work out really well for young guys like Josh Jackson, like Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton. DeAndre Ayton is paying off his dividends. He is looking really good. He's strong. He's, got the, he's ready to play in the NBA. He's ready to, to, to come out and be a star. My one problem with Phoenix is Josh Jackson. Josh Jackson was the fourth pick in the 2017 NBA draft to Phoenix. And I got to say, it's not looking too good right now. He did show some spurts of, of talent that we saw at Kansas. But so far, he really hasn't improved a whole lot. And it was disappointing to watch him get just flat out outplayed by guys like Luka Doncic, Devin Booker, guys who are proving that they belong in the NBA. And I just haven't seen that yet from Josh Jackson. So that's my one problem with Phoenix. They are a young team. They need time to get their chemistry together. They need time to play together. I think Phoenix in a, in the next few years, they're going to be a dangerous team. We need to watch out for them. And another team that you guys really need to pay attention to is Dallas. Dallas last night took down Minnesota, Minnesota without Jimmy Butler, and they played so well. They played with the poise of a team that's ready to make the playoffs, a team that's ready to get out of this slump that Dallas has been in since they won their title in 2011. And I think Dallas is on the rise. Luka Doncic, I am... I'm going to say it for the record now. I am the biggest Luka Doncic fan. I've only watched him play in two NBA games, but he is already playing like he's been in the league for four or five years. He play. he looks so comfortable out there. He plays so incredibly hard. He's knocking down shots. He's making plays on his own. He's creating his own offense and he's, he's fitting in really well with Dallas. If I'm Mark Cuban in the Dallas Mavericks, I am so happy that I traded for Luka Doncic because he pairs so well with Dennis Smith Jr. He pairs so well with DeAndre Jordan, J.J. Barea, Wesley Matthews. This team is going to be dangerous. I have a feeling that Dallas is going to sneak in there and, and snag one of those playoff spots even in this loaded Western Conference. Dallas looks really good. I might sound biased because I live in Fort Worth and I guess Dallas is... My my nearest team, I suppose, but Luka Doncic, he's going to be a star in this league, and Dallas needs to hold on to him. Uh, speaking of future stars, Trey Young, averaging 17 points a game in his first two NBA games, people were hating on Trey Young. People were saying that he's going to be a bust. People were saying he's too small, he's too light, he's he's not, he can't get by defenders. Do you remember another player that they said that about? That guy now has three rings. He wears number 30 for Golden State. The comparisons between Trey Young and Steph Curry become more and more obvious with the games that he plays. The one problem that Trey Young has is that he's just on a shit team. He's just on a terrible team in Atlanta. They're going to suck this year. I'm pretty sure they're projected to be the worst team in the NBA this year. I, I I don't have any arguments with that. Atlanta doesn't have that star power that you need in the nba especially in this nba where you need at least two or three stars to be good atlanta's making moves that they're going to get better but as of right now it's just trey young so we'll see what happens with atlanta i'm excited to see where trey young goes in his career uh one more thing i did want to talk about is dwight howard dwight howard i i used to like dwight howard when he was in Orlando, he was a phenomenal player. He looked like he was going to be the next Shaq, the next great center to come into the NBA. And then when he left Orlando, everything just kind of went down the toilet for Dwight. And it's continued to follow him. And now, now that he's in Washington, a report comes out that says Dwight's going to miss the season opener because he, quote, needs more practice time. What? You need more practice time? He signed with, he signed with Washington in like July. These teams have been practicing. They've had preseason. Every other player has been ready to go. Why isn't Dwight ready to go? That makes zero sense to me. It's honestly, it, it, it really is pathetic. The fact that Dwight is going to Washington. He's trying to revitalize his career. He comes out saying he wants to be the next Anthony Davis. He wants to be the next Kevin Durant. He wants to improve his jump shot. But he can't play in the season opener because he needs to practice more. He's been in the league for like 10 years. Sorry, my voice is just... Anyway, Dwight, you need more practice time that doesn't make any sense to me. How do you need what how much more practice time could you need? The season has started. You should have been ready. You should have been ready. You are getting paid millions on millions of dollars to play for Washington, and you're not ready to go in the first game of the season. That's very telling about your work ethic. That's very telling about how much you care. And it's like I said in the podcast a few episodes ago when Dwight came out and said that he wants to become the next Kevin Durant slash Anthony Davis, I said that's all fine and dandy to say it, but I'll believe it when I see it. And so far, we're continuing to see the same Dwight Howard that doesn't care isn't working hard. How do you need more practice time? That just sounds like the most lame excuse for not being ready to play in your season opener. The fans want you to be ready, Dwight. The fans were excited to come see you. They want to see a turning point in Washington because up until now, John Wall and Bradley Beal have been a pretty big disappointment. They can't carry their team through the playoffs. They can't make it to an Eastern Conference Finals. They can't really prove beyond the fact that they have two all-star guards that they can win games. They brought you in to win games. And when you aren't ready, that's on you. That's on your work ethic. That's about how much you care. And I understand there, there are instances where you do need to sit out, but practice time is not an excuse. That is not an excuse for not being ready. You should have been at practice every single day. You should be watching film. You should be working out every single day. And as far as I know, Dwight's not injured. As far as I know, he's fine. It just, doesn't, it just boggles my mind that a player of that caliber, of that just sheer God-given athleticism, isn't ready to play in an NBA game. There are so many players out there given the opportunity. They would never allow that to happen to them. They would never be that guy that says, oh, I'm not ready. I need to practice more. That's honestly disgusting, and it's disrespectful to basketball. Oh, okay. That's all I have for this week. It was it was a good week for the NBA. A lot of the teams did look kind of rusty, but again, that's going to that's gonna change with time with the amount of practices that they have. Maybe Dwight can make it to a practice. We'll see. Maybe Dwight can become better. We'll see. So far, we haven't seen shit from him. Anyway, that's all I have for you guys this week. I appreciate you tuning in. Uh, please leave a five-star review on the podcast. Subscribe, share it with your friends. Tell people about it the listening base has grown a lot dramatically over the last few weeks and i'm really excited to see where this podcast is going thanks for tuning in and we will see you guys next week on in the bonus